Just because it suits someone else doesn't mean it will suit you as well. Tailors were made for a reason. Hello, and welcome to the Elegant Balance Podcast, where we explore how to create a well-balanced life full of simplicity, joy, and beauty. I'm your hostess, Dr. Kaylee Hackney, wife, working mom, and expert in the work-life interface. In this podcast, I'll be sharing the science behind work-life balance, practical tips, and plenty of love and encouragement along the way. My desire is to inspire women to pursue their elegant balance. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Elegant Balance Podcast. I am so incredibly excited that you are here today. I have a very fun topic to discuss, but before we jump into it, I have a request to make, one that I haven't made for a while here on the podcast, and that is if you have been listening to the show, whether it's your first episode or you've been listening to it for a while, I would love it if you could leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this Um, because these rating and reviews are really important for helping this podcast get shown to more women who could actually benefit from it. My whole goal with this platform is to help more women see that life can be beautiful. It can be simple. We can enjoy both work and life. And I can't do that without your help. And so if you go pause the episode, I'm not going to be going anywhere push pause, go leave a rating and review, and then you can come back. If you're driving, don't do that, obviously. Um, you can come back to leaving a rating and review when you get to your, your destination. Um, but yes, please, please, please go out, leave a rating and review. Um, let me know what you like about the show. Let me know maybe some future ideas that you would like for me to talk about here on the podcast. Um, all of that's super helpful. And like I said, When podcasts get more ratings and reviews, that is what kind of tells the algorithm that this is a good quality show and should be shared with more people. On that note, if you have already left a rating and review, that's okay. You can still help out too. You could take a screenshot and post this podcast, share it in your stories, tag me. I would love to see it. Um, Or even just, you know, send the link to a friend and let her know that that you're enjoying this, that you're enjoying this content, and that you think she might like it too. I would be so, so grateful for you if you would help me, help me spread this word about the fact that we can all have an elegant balance. Okay, so I am excited to share today's concept with you all because it's one that has been around in management research for quite a while. Some of the research is over 20 years old. And it's also a concept I learned about a long time ago back in grad school. So it's it's been a while, right? Like nine years. Um, But it came up again for me because I have been trying to come up with, you know, what I thought might be interesting topics for you all here on this podcast. And so I was just reflecting on if I think about my career over the past 10 years, what is it that has helped me go from what my work-life balance looked like then to what it looks like today. And this concept kept coming up time and time and time again. And that concept is job crafting. So what I want you to do is to imagine your favorite dress. Think about your favorite dress. 
The one that fits you like a glove. You know the dress. Maybe you had it tailor-made. Maybe it's the one that you always go to whenever you get invited out to parties or um, big events. But when you have that dress on, think about how it makes you feel. If your dress is like mine, it makes me feel amazing. It makes me feel super confident. It makes me feel beautiful. makes me feel like I could just show up and conquer the world. No matter what I did, I was going to be successful. Now imagine if your job fit you in the same way as that dress did. Now, how amazing would that be, right? What if your job was perfectly aligned to emphasize your strengths, to play to your strengths, to allow you to pursue different things that you're passionate about or you're interested in, and it was aligned with your values? Doesn't that sound pretty awesome? And that is exactly what job crafting is. Job crafting is taking that very standard, generic job description that is associated with every single one of our jobs, right? We all saw those job descriptions when we applied to our jobs. And it's taking that job description and tailoring it so that it fits you perfectly. Now, obviously, it may not fit you perfectly, and it might be easier in some jobs than others, but stick with me because I think this concept can be really powerful in helping us to pursue a better work-life balance. And here's why. If you've been listening for a while, you've probably already heard this, but um, reminders are always good, right? Our brains sometimes need reminders. But, and even if you haven't been listening for a while, I'm going to tell you now, the work-life balance is defined as being competent and satisfied in the roles that we play and that those roles and the responsibilities associated with them is aligned with our personal values, okay? So competence, satisfaction, and values. So where job crafting fits into the picture is that you're taking your job and you're tailoring it or tweaking it so that it does just that, so that your job becomes made up of different roles and responsibilities that you do feel competent in, that you are satisfied doing, and that are aligned with your personal values. Pretty cool, huh? So research has shown that there's three different types of crafting that we can do. There's task crafting, there's relationship crafting, and there's cognitive crafting. So I'll go through each one and provide a few examples of how I have done this in my own, um, in my own career, okay? So the first one is task crafting. This is simply just changing the specific tasks that make up your job. And that might include adding new responsibilities, but it might also include eliminating some of the things that really don't light you up, that you're not really that great at, that you absolutely hate and they drain your energy. Something that I've done in terms of task crafting in my own career, for those of you who don't know my career, I'm a, I'm a professor at a university. I teach business management, um, specifically leadership and organizational behavior, which is the psychology side of business. Okay, but teaching is just one aspect of my of my job. I teach, I do research on the work family interface, and I also am expected to be of service in my department and to the university. And so one area that I have kind of engaged in task crafting is is service. Okay, so whenever I was expected to do so much service for the university, I was presented with a few different options, right? I was asked if I wanted to be faculty advisor for a student organization um, called Women in Business. 
And because that aligned so well with my research interests, with the things that get me excited, it was easy for me to say, yes, I would like that task as faculty advisor to be a part of my job description. So that's an example of taking on a new task that was exciting. It was aligned. I'm passionate about it. Um, and it feels valuable. It's aligned with my values, right? On the other hand, I was asked to be on a different committee that wasn't well aligned. It was going to be focused on something that was unrelated to what I was teaching, um, the department I was teaching in. And it was something that really didn't get me very excited. It wasn't something that I could be like, yes, I can't wait to spend my time and my energy on this specific committee. And so I turned it down in favor of something else that I was more excited about, okay? That's an example of task crafting. It may not always be super simple. Obviously, sometimes we're going to have to do things that we don't want to do as part of our jobs, but we can be intentional about what we're saying yes to, what we're volunteering for, the types of responsibilities we're asking for, and then the things that we delegate or we, we say, no, that's just not a really great fit for me in my role right now. Okay, so first type of job crafting is task crafting. The second type is relationship crafting. And this involves changing the relationships that make up your job, such as building new relationships with coworkers or with mentors or with supervisors or even customers, clients, extending your network, um, whatever it might be. Okay, so an example of this is purposely going to my supervisor and asking for a mentor, perhaps, or purposely joining an organization or a club that you're at your organization that allows you to connect with more working moms who are going through the same thing as you, right? You're getting intentional about the type of relationships that happen within your organization or within as a part of your job, who you work with, who you interact with. Maybe it's seeking out that mentor and making sure you're spending quality time with, with him or her. Another aspect of relationship crafting could be that maybe you work remotely and you don't have a lot of interaction with people and that's draining for you. And so it could be getting intentional about reaching out to colleagues to set up different maybe virtual coffee dates or an actual in-person coffee date um, just once a month or once a week, whatever works, but getting intentional about building those connections because you're feeling isolated and lonely. And so again, relationship crafting is just changing the relationships that you have in your job. And then the third one is called cognitive crafting. And this involves changing the way you think about your job. So you maybe are reframing the negative aspects of your job into a more positive light, or maybe you're just reminding yourself why the work that you're doing matters. Sometimes the most dreaded work is the work that we feel like it's just totally meaningful or meaningless and a, a total waste of our time. So some cognitive, cognitive crafting could involve just reframing it, right? So for me, an aspect of my job that I don't really like that much is grading. I do not like grading. It feels like it just sucks up a bunch of time. And I have to remind myself that, no, this is really important. I'm helping future leaders of the world to go out and be confident in the knowledge that they have by providing them feedback and by teaching them and making sure that they understand the things that I think that they need to understand as future great leaders. Um, so again, it's just reframing it. I can do the same thing with my research, right? 
sometimes the last thing I want to do is sit down in front of a computer and write. That just feels terrible. It feels like, oh, it feels like I'm in high school again, being asked to write a research paper. And I have to remind myself that no, this research is important. I'm creating knowledge for future leaders, for businesses, for managers, for employees to flourish at work. And that's exciting. And that's something I can get behind. Um, but it's something I have to sometimes remind myself about. So there's some ways that we can maybe reframe different aspects of our job. All three of these types of crafting can be used together, right? You're not just going to do one or the other, but when you use them all, you can start to really make those little tweaks to your job so that it fits you like that dress does, right? So that it fits you beautifully and you're able to show up and be excited and engaged and happier, which ultimately leaves you feeling more balanced. So some things that you would want to consider when you are job crafting come from the idea of job design, okay? So job design research is really focused more on managers and how they can design jobs that are mo the most motivating and engaging um, as possible. And job design research suggests that the most engaging, motivating jobs are ones where employees have autonomy. So you have control over the different things that you do, or at least have control over how you do it. We also are more engaged and motivated by jobs that have a sense of purpose or meaning behind them. And then the third aspect is that we're mo more motivated and engaged in jobs that provide some sort of feedback. So we know how we're doing. We can see that end product and we can adjust as, as needed. And so we need to keep those aspects in mind, autonomy, meaningfulness, and feedback as we start considering how we could tailor our job, right? How can we engage in job crafting to maximize those three aspects of job design? So. All that is great, right? You might be thinking, okay, that sounds awesome, Kaylee, but where in the world do I even start? Because I, I do a lot. I do a lot of work in my job and I don't even know what to change, which is fine. I've got some ideas, okay? <laughs> well, the first step is to just get clear on what are your strengths and your interests and your values. Take some time to reflect on what you're particularly interested in, maybe the things that you're not really interested in, and what's important to you, what are you really good at? And once you have a better understanding of those three things, then you're ready to start assessing your actual job. So that next step is taking a look at your job duties, your responsibilities, your task list, essentially that job description, that generic job description that goes along with your, with your job. And look at it. Is there anything on that list that you're just not really interested in doing anymore? Or is there anything on that list that if you were really, really honest and admitted it, that you're just not good at and that there's probably someone that could do it better? Um, maybe there's things on that list that do not align with your values and you're feeling a lot of conflict over being asked to do those things. So once you've started identifying those areas, you can develop a more strategic plan for how to job craft, right? So I wanted to share a very practical way to do this. Um, in his TED Talk, Rob Baker shares his, what he calls his love and loathe exercise. And I thought it was really helpful and a simple, super simple exercise you could do um, to help you kind of get started on this whole idea of job crafting. Essentially, you just need three things, a pen and a paper and some post-it notes. 
And really, I think you could even do this without post-it notes. You just write it on the paper. But post-it notes make it easier to move things around. So on that paper or on those post-it notes, you are going to write out the different tasks or responsibilities that you do as a part of your job. You're just going to list them out. Try to keep it to 10 to 15. You don't want to get too many. You don't want to get overwhelmed. You might do more things than 10 to 15, but there's probably only about 10 to 15 things that are like key central task responsibilities of your job. So after you've done that, you're going to then take your paper and you're going to draw a horizontal line across the bottom. And on that line, you're going to label the left-hand side drains energy and the right-hand side gives energy. And then on the paper, you're going to then draw a line down the middle and label that time, okay? So then as you go up, it's more and more time, okay? The next step is just taking those tasks that you wrote out on your post-it notes and plotting them on your graph, on your paper. Which tasks give a bunch of energy and then how much time do they take? Which tasks are kind of in the middle. They don't really drain or give energy. They're just kind of neutral and plot those. And then, you know, look at the ones that maybe give you, they drain a lot of your energy and then how much time those take. From there, you're going to be able to identify different patterns, right? You're going to be able to see, wow, this group of tasks over here on the right-hand side, they are giving me a lot of energy and they're not even taking that much time. I should do more of those types of things in my job. You'll also be able to see, whoa, look at this group of things over here. They are taking up so much time and they are just completely draining me of energy. I need to figure out a way to get better at those, to eliminate those, to delegate those, um, somehow address the ones that are over there, draining all of our energy and taking up our time, right? Because time and energy are two of our most valuable resources. And we need those resources to do all the things, um, both at work and at home. From there, you start making changes, right? You've got some data that can kind of guide you in terms of which changes you should make first. And this can be a little tricky. I get it. I really do. Um, especially if you feel like the things you are wanting to change involve a conversation with your employer it may be hard to get them on board and you may encounter a little bit of resistance either from them, from your colleagues, uh, maybe even some resistance from yourself in terms of letting things go. So it might require some negotiating with your, with your supervisor. It may also be a good idea if you have kind of a proposed change to your job that you want um, to let go of some things, to delegate some things, or even to take something new on it might be a good idea to go in with some ideas of how this benefits the organization. How is this going to benefit them? How is this going to impact your productivity in a positive way? In terms of resistance from colleagues, you could invite them in, into the conversation, right? You could, especially if you're working on a project, on a group project, do this job crafting exercise together because you might find that things that you just find completely draining and just not very fun at all might be somebody else's favorite activity to do. And you could reallocate what tasks people are in charge of based on those conversations. A few things I wanted to note before we call it a day here 
is that there are some caveats to job crafting. Okay, it's not the golden ticket. It's not gonna solve all of your problems at work. It's just a tool that you can use to be more intentional with the tasks and responsibilities you're taking on and what you're spending your time and energy on at work. So the first thing is that not everybody has the same access to job crafting, right? In fact, research shows that white collar workers have a lot more autonomy and freedom to job craft than blue collar workers, for example. Um, another caveat is that while it might sound exciting to like take on things that really light you up, you want to be careful not to like take on all these new tasks because they're awesome and energizing for you and just completely kill or take up all of your time, right? We have to be careful with balancing like how much time do I have to dedicate to these new tasks? And um, we don't want to just pile things on our plate. If you're not eliminating anything, then you don't, you want to be careful about taking more things on, especially if you're not necessarily getting a pay raise or anything associated with that, right? And then the third caveat is just that job crafting isn't going to fix a really terrible situation at work, right? There are certain jobs that are worth job crafting and there's other jobs that maybe the answer is not crafting it and trying to make it fit, but just recognizing that it's not a good fit, that it's not a good situation. So it's just some things to keep in mind. It's not a silver bullet, a golden ticket. It's not going to solve all the problems, but it is a way to start thinking about how we could take the job that we're in and tailor it, personalize it a little bit so that it fits us better. Okay, hopefully that was helpful in thinking about how you could personalize your job to fit you better, right? Just like that amazing dress that fits you so well, just like that dress makes you feel, you could do that same thing with your job. An important thing to note is that this is very much a journey right? Job crafting is not something that you just do like, okay, this week I'm going to job craft and make my job fit me so great. Um, you could do that and maybe you make some good progress, but you're a person. We are, we are people and people change, right? Just like our bodies change and that dress may not always fit. You may have to buy, buy a new one or maybe it goes out of style. We're going to change as people, as women. We are going to grow in the sense of what is interesting to us, the passions that we have, our values may shift as we go through life. And so job crafting is something that we can do continuously, right, throughout our careers in terms of just paying attention to when things feel good and the things that don't and trying to take on more of those things that give us energy and trying to reduce the number of things we're asked to do that are just completely draining. So yeah. I have provided a few more resources over on the blog, um, a TED Talk and an article and then another kind of video of some of the researchers in this area. I'm not a job crafting expert. I just find the concept really interesting. And I can say I have job crafted throughout my entire career, just being intentional on what I was interested in doing. And I think it's contributed a lot to my sense of meaningfulness at work to my satisfaction at work, and ultimately to my work-life balance. And I want the same thing for you. So feel free to go over there and check out some more of those resources. I have linked that blog post or the show notes. Um, it's there in the show notes. So if you go to those, you will find them there. Have a beautiful, joy-filled week, friends. 
Let me ask you a few questions. Are you mentally and physically exhausted? Overwhelmed by the never-ending to-do list? Feeling trapped between work and family? Or maybe you're just simply craving more time to pursue your passions. I want to introduce you to the Elegant Balance Academy. It's a step-by-step guide to creating a work-life balance you love. This is a self-paced online course complete with video lessons, worksheets, and of course, an online community where we can all hang out and encourage one another. You can design a life that you love, a life where work, family, leisure, and rest exist harmoniously, a life built on a foundation of your personal values, a life filled with purpose. In other words, an elegantly balanced life. And the Elegant Balance Academy is designed to help you do just that. The doors haven't opened yet, as I'm still working on creating it, but if you're even the slightest bit interested, please head over to the link in the show notes and join my VIP list. That way, you won't miss a thing. All VIP members will receive exclusive discounts once the doors open. Again, you can sign up at www.kayleehackney.com forward slash VIP.